Hey, good evening, everyone. My name is Nick, and this is Cover 4 with the guys. I got uh, my two co-hosts with me. I got Marquise, got Terrence. Terrence, how you doing tonight, man? Doing good. Ready to get into this uh, topic tonight. All right, Marquise, how you feeling tonight, man? I'm living good. I'm rocking the stay-at-home dad lights this week. I don't work till the end of the week, and, bro, it is amazing. Well, stay-at-home right. dad, dog, dog dad. It's amazing. I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. That's cool. That's cool. So last week, everybody, if you tuned in, you know that we did the NFC East. We're going to get running through these divisions. I'm the host. I'm a Falcons fan. So this week we are going to be doing the NFC South. Marquise, I'm going to kick it off with you, man. So how do you think the uh, outlook for this division is going to be record-wise going on for the season? Uh, I think it's a really weird division in a way. The Bucks are always going to win it. I don't think – even if even if Tom Brady, father time, catches him, the defense oh, is <laughs> the defense is way too good, and he isn't going to be that incompetent. So yeah. they're going to win this weird division. That's how that's how I see it shaping up yes. for them. Especially when you can pretty much plug in anyone at quarterback with those weapons, and you'll have some success. Yep. All right. Anybody. <laughs> Terrence, how you feeling? Who do you think is going to uh, win the division? Are we in agreement? Is the Bucks or you got somebody else? Yeah, I, I definitely got the Bucks winning it still. Um, so actually, to just to give a little quick breakdown of it, I mean, I got the Bucks number one. Okay. I got the Saints two, Falcons three, Panthers four. So that's my order. So, uh, what are the record outlooks for you? Um, so I ain't even honestly you have a record for it. Okay. Just based off of football knowledge and everything, I broke it down based off. Of okay. Oh, uh, I got I got a record for him. Okay, Marquise, break it down for me. I got I got the Bucks going twelve and five. I say they I think it was a split with the Saints. I think they split a game with the Panthers and then they run through the Falcons. I got the Saints going ten and seven. I don't I so it's weird to I don't mean if I'm like stepping on the toes for this later, but I got the weird thing is the Saints are gonna have Jameis, right? Yeah. And then the, the Panthers got Sam Darnold. Both of them are turnover machines. Like They'll just turn the ball over. And the good thing, James, is he learned under Drew. He got a coach that is a genius on offense. He should They say fine. something about he got eye surgery, too. So, I don't he, know if that's going to help. Exactly. So, he should do fine. I got him leading the Saints to 10-7. It's not going to be Taysom Hill. I mean, I don't think it is. Because the fact that it is, if you can have Jameis throwing two Taysom Hill at the same time, while, like, a defense has to prepare for both, both of them, I think yeah. that's better than, oh, we're just going to let Taysom play. And then they let Jared Cook go to the Chargers. So yeah. it makes sense to have Taysom Hill tight end now sometimes. Yeah. Well, and also I think uh, the other thing is, and I don't know why, I know that a lot of people probably just have to put out these depth charts, but as of right now, they actually do have Taysom Hill Taysom, as the yeah. starter. It's crazy. I mean, but well, we'll get to that know, topic later. Sean Payton did, you know, promise him, you know, the opportunity for the yeah. job, you know, if Drew Brees was to get our Retire or whatever. So, I mean, and we saw it in the playoffs, and then uh, you know, leading up or not in the playoffs, uh, leading up to the playoffs when he was yeah. hurt, that they did give Taysom the reins, and he did beat the Falcons. Uh, he mean, had some success. Honestly, I think though that even last year, the reason that Jameis didn't get the go ahead was just they didn't want to pay him because they knew he was going to hit the numbers. Yeah, off that one year deal and everything. So, but, uh, uh, Marquise, how did you have? I know you have. So you have Bucks, Saints, and then who'd you have after that? Uh, Saints 10 7. The Panthers are going to go 8 9. They're super stacked on offense, like ridiculous talent. The line is somewhat better, and they picked up defensive pieces. So I don't. Sam Darnold, his his completion percentage, uh, that his high percentage was off of screens. 
And the Panthers are going to run plenty of screens. Easy for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're going to keep it easy. He's that's going to be fine. And I got the Falcons going five and twelve. I don't. We know Julio might leave. If Julio leaves, they're probably going to get draft capital, maybe a defensive player, or you know, some like role type of players to go with the team. Yeah. yeah sure. Nick is on the bandwagon of noodle arm. Matt Ryan isn't going to do anything. So <laughs> if you know, I I don't feel this way about you, Matt Ryan, but Nick is does, doesn't like you. If yeah, he so is, I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, yeah. If he if he's not good, and then they're getting assets for Julio. If you're taking Julio out the equation, it makes them less competitive because then you could just do what Dallas does and get in shootouts with everybody. Let like, me you could let just me be like, hey. So so I've already sent y'all the graphic and everything. And actually, this is something I want to say about the di- division overall. So I also got I got the Bucks at fourteen and three. Um, and let me explain my records here after I break it down. So I got the Bucks at fourteen and three. Falcons at yes, eleven and six. I got the Saints yeah, at nine I, and eight. That's gonna be a Chris twenty dollars. I get it, boy. And uh, Panthers at six and eleven. So the reason why I have the division doing so good, though, I think outside of the Bucks, it'll actually be a lot of fools gold. So I know Marquise, Marquise hit me with the text. He said, "You sound like a fan right here." But the reason being is, is the whole division has, I think it was twenty second, is the hardest ranked schedule that they have. So, and what I mean by that is, they had uh, the Bucks. And the Falcons, Saints, and Panthers are all outside of the top 20 in difficulty. They have the easiest schedule out of any division. The only team that has – the only teams that have harder schedule – or easier schedules, I'm sorry, are the NFC East, and God knows they need it. So uh, the Falcons have the 30th-ranked schedule. So that's why I think that they'll have a lot of easy games. And the teams that they're playing also have bad defenses. So when it comes to shootouts, I believe in the Falcons. If it was like – them versus a bunch of defensive juggernauts that lack offense, then I would see the case. But yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna go play the Eagles with Darius Slay, right? Darius Slay is gonna guard Calvin Ridley, right? So that, I'm not hearing this. They're, no, just wait, wait, wait. He's gonna guard. The Eagles, he, he's gonna, he's gonna. No, they're gonna dog walk the Eagles. Don't get me wrong, but he's gonna guard Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley yep. isn't gonna get off of him. Calvin Ridley probably goes five receptions in a tub for like less than seventy yards. Which at, at the end of the day, that's a good do- good job for a corner, right? Then he's going to go see William Jackson from Cincinnati. He's on the uh, the football team now with Kendall okay. Fuller. That's going to be a tough – because he's not going to get Julio on the other side of him. Like, Julio's going to yep. be gone. And we Calvin did do good last year, but Julio's going to be gone. You're going to get a young guy in Kyle Pitts. Everybody said he's NFL ready. I get it. He looks like a, a freak athlete, but sometimes people just – or slower paced than others when it you know lights are on fans I'll are in even, the stadium i'll even be fair let's think about what people said about oj howard remember oj howard coming out of alabama went to the bucks he was supposed to be and what everyone's saying about kyle pitts Crazy. right now so i'll say that so but i am and we're going off assumptions here it's early predictions we're assuming that kyle pitts is good and the other thing is we have calvin ridley we have russell gage russell gage is to be determined i believe he can be a solid number two but we have Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurts at tight end. So we have a decent amount of talent and weapons. Also, I think Edo Smith has proved himself. He had a couple of decent games last year. Edo Smith, your running back, and your center just went to the Niners, and you guys don't have a starting center other than yeah. whoever you picked up in free agency. I, mean, or whoever. I have a quick take. I got a quick take on these teams. So All right. let me know what y'all think. So we're going to start off with, for me personally, I had the Bucks winning the division. So, yeah. And the reason I had them winning the division, and let's say – for them, that was based off of keeping everyone, obviously, and then their additions. And last year, they won the Super Bowl last year without even winning the division. So this year, you know, we're talking about them even winning the division, you know. So what do y'all think about that as far as 
keeping everyone defensively, offensively, and, you know, plus their additions. So, obviously, I think we all have them number one. So, I mean, yeah. they, did, they didn't have to get anybody. Like, I feel like they just picked up Kyle Trash just to pick up – they knew they needed a backup quarterback, but I don't think yeah. he was first on the chopping list to get. But they know no. he played, I mean, he played I, at Florida. I feel like he was great value for where they picked him. Exactly. He's very smart, accurate. He can get the job done, honestly. Like, yeah. you know, if you think about it, somebody had to get Kyle Pitts the ball in Florida. And it wasn't yeah. Kyle Pitts was putting up the numbers by himself. And then even when Kyle Pitts was out, it wasn't like the offense was stagnant. Like, Kyle yeah. he was balling. Like, that Florida, that, that that Florida was team wasn't like, like it. Like how it was in the past where, like, Tebow was just yeah. – Working with a whole bunch of talent, like that Florida team wasn't yeah. as talented. So yeah. Kyle Pitts or Kyle Trash did have the two Kyles. They both had to do stuff. And for the first half of last season, he was kind of in that Heisman race. So yeah, I think it was that, weird that too. Pick, that pick felt like a Bill Belichick pick. So I want to know if Tom actually was speaking to the GM in front office and saying like, "Hey, if we, obviously we're not going to get one of these top quarterbacks for my successor, you know, the best option probably is going to be like a Kyle Trash." So yeah. I actually did like that pickup for them. Yeah. Um, but Terrence, you kind of uh, led me into the next part of this uh, segment. So obviously we say the Bucs uh, are probably going to win the division. We all agree, you know, they've got an easy schedule and they re they didn't reload because they just kept the same chamber loaded. Uh, they kept all 22 starters on offense and defense uh, and then picked up some extra pieces on top. So the rich get richer. What do we think the chances are that they repeat as Super Bowl champions? Who would be, you know, their biggest obstacles in the nfc and then obviously when they get to the super bowl uh in the afc uh marquise i'll start with you i just so repeating is really hard like it's not Especially easy in like in the nfl like at any level like i'm talking like even like like high school kids college kids like except alabama anyway but like it's hard at any level and i just feel like for me they'll get to the nfc championship game i don't think there's a reason that that like, unless Roger genuinely shows up for the Packers and then Jameis knocks it out the water with the Saints and they're really competing to get to that NFC Championship game, I think they're a lock to get there. Like, I, I'd put money on they, – they will get to the NFC Championship game. Do I have them get to the Super Bowl and winning? No. I think that is, like, extremely far-fetched because, for me, all those AFC teams got better. And for me – it, was, it would have been scary for them having to play all those AFC teams. Like, for instance, if Mahomes' line was healthy, it'd be a – We're talking about a different game. I mean, maybe yeah, not a win, yeah. but a, a competitive game, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, – it, it, was, it was a complete different game as well. Yeah, because yeah, then he's not running 500 yards in the back and not getting any <laughs> yards. So you have that, and then I brought up the Browns. So this was everybody's offensive ranking last year. The Chiefs were fifth, the Browns were fourth, the Bills were third, the Ravens were 16th. And the Titans were second, right? So the Titans off their offseason moves are probably the worst team at out of that list because they let Corey Davis go to the Jets. Their corners are gone. John Smith's on the Patriots. There's no – who is Ryan Tannehill going to throw the ball to besides A.J. AJ Brown. Brown? There's nobody, right? So that's probably the worst team. Somehow, <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's a, that's a big maybe. So maybe yeah. they shake that out. The Ravens somehow were 16th and won a bunch of games. It's crazy, but they improved Lamar's weapons, so that's going to be a different a different factor. The Bills, their lines ranked third. They just went and grabbed Emmanuel Sanders. They're talking about getting Zach Ertz. That team, that defense is really like that defense. We the Ravens probably had the best secondary when you 
as a duo. The Bills uh, corners have collectively like four or five. Like we only have probably like four. They have like four or five dudes that they can place out there. And the Bucks have to spread people out, you know, because they have so many wideouts. They could compete yeah. with them. They have safety and everything. The Browns got way better on defense. They're bringing back the same weapons. Odell Beckham's coming back. People are not sold that Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham or whatever you think. I think he's fucking amazing, okay? Other than him being injured, he's he is <laughs> dynamic. You think Diggs is dynamic? Those two are crazy, right? So he's going to come back. He's going to come back healthy. Maybe him and Baker can finally get in that groove. They got uh, John Johnson from the Rams, and they, they did get that corner, like you said. So they have – they loaded back up on defense. They got Javon on Clowney. The Chiefs stacked the offensive line now. I just think if you – out of all those teams, your best bet is if you got to play the Titans. And there's no way the Titans are cleaning those other teams to get to the, the Super Bowl. I, mean, I don't see the Titans, you know, making it the first, second round, honestly, if they make it to the playoffs. Like, yeah. So yeah, it's just sure. it's just to it's me like them competing against those young quarterbacks, like all those quarterbacks. The only fault to why they never get to the championship game is because they all got to go through Mahomes. If they didn't have to beat him, it'd be a dog fight to see who gets there then. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, they don't sure. even think about like, oh, I gotta go beat Lamar or I gotta go beat Josh Allen. Like they're like, oh, like I'm skipping all of them. I, I gotta play Mahomes. You know what I mean? So that's I just yeah, don't see them getting to the Super Bowl. It, and if they do, there's th- those quarterbacks are all those quarterbacks. Even Baker in a run run heavy offense is dynamic, and he can move around. And then you add the like uh, Mahomes ran 500 yards backwards. Lamar's not going to run 500 yards backwards, and neither is Josh Allen. Yeah, <laughs> bro, th- those two are probably arguably the, the top rushers on their team and their quarterbacks. Josh Allen so definitely you- is. So who do y'all think is the biggest threat in the NFC? So I know you said, Marquise, you said New Orleans, potentially if Jameis shakes out, you know, let's assume that the Taysom Hill uh, experiment doesn't go um, and they go Jameis Winston. Do you think that New Orleans can really compete in that, not only in that division, but in the NFC? I mean, looking at it, how it's shaping up New Orleans. I mean, their their roster is top to bottom. is great. I just happen to believe, you know, in this day and age, you have to have a franchise quarterback. And they lost Jared Cook to the Chargers. I feel like that's going to be tough because then that's yeah. really going to make Taysom Hill play tight end even more because yeah. they don't have a tight end. Yeah. And I, I honestly can't see yeah. them putting him in at tight end anymore just because he is such a valuable asset as quarterback. Like, but maybe, you know. But yeah. honestly, I feel like they should use Jameis. Like, number one, okay, we're going to start Jameis. And Taysom Hill has been for them over the past couple of seasons a guy that is just an athlete on the field. Yeah, you put him at tight end, you put him at receiver, you put him at quarterback, running back. He can play pretty much every position besides O line. Yeah, you know, tight end, he blocks. So, yeah, might as well say the guy is fast. So, it's like I feel like they should use him in that aspect still. Just they they just don't like Nick, you were saying who's going to be their competition. They don't really have someone out the NFC like. The that, pack, that's my thing. So there's not someone that's going to that kill them. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. When the, so the other way I look at it is the NFL is a grind, right? So in something like the AFC playoffs, when you have those teams killing each other every week, and I know they get a little bit of breaks, uh, you know, between uh, the AFC and NFC championship and the Super Bowl. But I mean, when you got to go through that gauntlet, we saw it with uh, the Chiefs last year. That's probably why their O line was so beat up 
And obviously COVID had a play in that too. But, you know, when um, these teams I mean, got to get honestly, it might be a couple sleeper teams that we might be sleeping on. Like, let's yeah, look. it could be a breakout team. Let's look at the Rams. They just got Matthew Stafford. Yep. Yeah, honestly. Bay, that defense. What about there's San Francisco? No, there's no way they, they, don't, they don't have a, a good season. And then yeah. also, you can go Keith. You, you know, like you said, like Nick brought up a good point. You did too. I didn't think about those other teams. Like Matthew Stafford is going to make a difference. Like yeah, he is sure. not, he is better than Jared Goff. Like granted, he had, he had Calvin, he had Megan Tron in the beginning of his career, but he has yeah. a cannon at arm and they are receiver by committee with yeah. a strong defense. Yeah. So that, but the only good thing is the Bucks. what is in their favor is that the Rams, Seattle and the Niners are in the same division. Yeah. So one of them teams, I mean, you saw what happened last year in the AFC North with the Ravens, yeah. Pittsburgh. If you have to go through and all three of those teams make it, that's going to be a problem. So just hope that all three of them don't get in because yeah. all three of those teams, if you look at it, can beat the page or beat the Bucks. Because and that's actually that's kind of what I was saying with the Bulls gold thing. I think an, an NFC South team will get in in one of the wild card positions. Um, and I think whoever it is will probably get smacked in the first round just because, I again, I think they'll make it in because the schedule is so easy for them. Um, unless, if, unless if I'm wrong and Jameis takes off, you know. What about another dark horse like uh, Chicago? Like, cause nah. I, I don't think Andy Dalton is going to start for that team. So. Nah, they're not. How far do you think Justin Fields, how, how good of a player do you think he could be in his first year? I said, I remember I said week nine when uh, Justin plays the Steelers, that's when they're going to put him in. That I defense – like you said, it's ready to win the championship, right? It's been ready though. It's getting older exactly. now. Exactly. But yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think, think they added enough on offense to complement. Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles been playing like dumpster juice. <laughs> so now that you have a guy that can actually hit these guys when they're open, not overthrow, like, oh, we got uh Darnell Mooney who's beating Jalen Ramsey on a double move and he's wide open. Probably was a touchdown. Overthrow. Like, how frustrating is that? Now you have a guy who's more athletic also as well in um, Justin Fields. And so now you have um, David Montgomery back there, read options. You got Tariq Cohen coming back, coming out of the backfield, maybe some speed options and things like that. I mean, it's a different dynamic, I feel like. I mean, I guess I, it all just depends on Justin Fields at the end of the day and when they put him yeah, in. Sure. Yeah, I, like I said, week nine, I feel like that's when they're going to drop him in. He's going to be playing. I've, honestly, I would I would put him in. I'd probably start him week one, but I, you know, it's the NFL and people are however they act. Yeah. Week nine, Pittsburgh is gonna be in for some shit because it ain't gonna be Andy Dalton at quarterback. Yeah, and they're gonna game <laughs> yeah. plan. They gonna game plan to see Andy Dalton. But hey, I'm gonna throw this out there. Pitt is one team that plays Lamar Jackson actually really well. Yeah. So if Justin yeah. Field, if, if he's anywhere like that, they're gonna play him pretty well if they know he's gonna be the starter. If they don't know he's the starter. He gonna catch them completely off guard and probably light them up. But I feel like Justin Fields pretty. I don't know. I feel like they're the same, but then they're different. Like oh, I, they're different. Fields different. is more of a pocket passer. I think. Yeah, he's more a pocket, but he can get uh get out there and run. It's just he's not yeah. anywhere as near as fast or as elusive as Lamar. So I think that's the the difference. But I don't know if that's a dark horse, but you know, a dark horse to beat the Bucks. Like the Bucks yeah. competition is gonna go. It's not Saints this year. It's going to go the Rams, uh, yeah, the Niners, and the pack. The, the the problem with the Packers is like this year, if you, if Rodgers came, it was going to come back, right? 
If you brought mm-hmm. all your players back and you didn't let your center go to the Chargers, this would be a team again. It'd be the same. You'd run it back. But I'm you- not going to lie to y'all. I actually think the Packers would be kind of like the Saints, even if they, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, because that roster top to bottom, yes, the the situation there, but the the team top to bottom is a, is a monster roster. I mean, that offense still is kind of like a plug and play. you got receivers all over the place. you got Aaron Jones in the backfield. The defense has is pretty stacked. I mean, one of the best that the Packers have had over the last decade. Um, so I, I don't even know, even with or without Aaron Rodgers, if the Bears would be able to win that division. Oh, they will, no. They, oh, yeah. the Bears ain't winning that division. Will they be so, competitive? Probably. But yeah, win that but, division? I mean, Hell no. The Vikings are way <laughs> – bro, the Vikings are way too tooled up on offense to let the Bears beat them to win that division. Yeah. And, um the uh, so moving on to that, uh, so we've already talked about this one, so we'll just nip this one in the bud. Uh, so going into the Saints, uh, this upcoming year, we've already touched on the biggest question with them is who will be the starter for the team, or who will be the starter for the team. But I'm gonna ask y'all who should be the starter for the team. As of right now, Sean Payton's already said that he's gonna have Taysom Hill at the starting position. Um, and I get it, you know, the creativity options that come with Alvin Kamara in the backfield and what you're able to do with Michael Thomas, the slant god. Uh, <laughs> what what do we think going forward? Do we think that Taysom Hill could add a little bit more creativity with Sean Payton's play calling, or is it just the smart football option to give Jameis that shot at quarterback? Uh, I'll start with uh, Marquise. Uh, I mean, for me personally, I would play Jameis, but now looking at it, you let Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders, Sanders go to the Bills, right? He was free and he lost. So on the other side of Mike Thomas, you got Taquan Smith, I believe, and you don't got any Jared Cook, and you're you bear you're in the cap limbo of this weird situation of maybe you can't even add any more talent. So if that's the case, you probably need to find a quarterback that is competent to back up Jameis and let Taysom Hill be a Swiss Army knife like you did last year, because a linebacker a linebacker can't cover him, a defensive end isn't gonna catch him. No. His his competition is going to be a safety. Yeah. Just putting him at – if you keep him at quarterback, to me, I would just get rid of Jameis. Like, I wouldn't keep Jameis then. Yeah. If you said, hey, we're going to roll with Taysom Hill, he's going to be I feel like that's two totally different offenses. Like one Yeah, is, it's, it's it's completely different. different. Like, really how different. are you going to – you use Taysom Hill as a Swiss Army knife, right? That's great. He does amazing in it. But then yeah. you're going to give him the range as quarterback and make it kind of like a read option, a mobile spread offense or something. What is Jameis going to do with that? He's not fast. Well, let, let me play devil's advocate really quick. The offense was completely different with both Drew Brees and Taysom Hill, and it worked last year. So I'll, I'll say at least, you know, I think Sean Payton. They honestly didn't score that many points with Taysom at quarterback. And they no, didn't, no, they didn't change right. it. They literally just plugged Taysom Hill and said, we're yeah. not changing it. We're keeping yeah. it this way. And you gotta, so, you gotta, gotta figure it out. But I actually do agree. I think that uh, Marquise made a good point about he might have to do the Swiss Army knife uh, because with with the lack of weapons and everything, you know, switch something up because we don't know what Jameis is gonna be able to do. Is he still that turnover prone machine? Um, and if that's the case, you know, we don't have someone who protects the ball like Drew Brees did. And losing all the weapons outside of, you know, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, you know, what are they going to be able to do? So what do you think, Terrence? On yeah, so, I actually, so I actually have three reasons why Jameis should start. So okay. for one, Jameis 
has a better arm or is a more polished passer. Yes. So, so do we agree, do we agree on that? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Two, which we've already been um, talking about as well, is Taysom Hill. Is say the Swiss Army knife. He's going to be able to line up receiver, tight end, quarterback, running back. He does everything. He can return punts, kick returns, catch a plays, all that. Yeah. Yeah, he's different. And for number three, Jameis also has the experience. Like he, yeah, he he was getting into the shootouts with the Bucks and was really turnover heavy, but you got to think their defense wasn't that good. He had to try to get into the shootouts and put up big numbers. Did turn the ball over a lot, but sitting out behind Drew Brees and getting developed by Sean Payton. And I feel like that's going to really help him as well as getting that surgery that he had for his eyes and everything. I feel like we're going to see a totally different James. I feel like for the stints that he came in, he looked really good. So I feel like if he takes over the reins, I feel like he's going to do very well. I think the uh, like you said, he's gonna he should have less turnovers. I give Jameis the same pass that I give Darnold, is that they have flipped offensive coordinators and all like they get the same pass because to me, they damn near the same player. I think Jameis is more talented. But I'm about to say I actually think that's disrespectful. I no, think, I think they're not Jam- even in the same universe. Jameis is so no, I think Jameis is way more talented. But I'm saying yeah. how they play on the like if you said Jameis go throw seven yards. Sam Darnold, do the like. I feel like Jameis would beat him if you put him in like a yeah. little workout. Jameis, would I wish we had him. a fact checker because, but I'm pretty sure Jameis had a 5,000 yard season, and I don't think Darnold's come anywhere he, close. He did, but look at yeah. that. All right, I'm not defending Darnold, I'm not, but I'm saying put this in perspective. Jameis has always had Mike Evans, Mike Evans has always had Jameis. That's fair. One thing that's gonna happen is he gonna throw the ball to Mike Evans. Yeah, people bring up how Mike Evans is a thousand yard receiver. Mike Evans is a top 10 receiver, he's not top five, he's squeezed in the top 10. If you throw the ball 80% of the time and my receiver is six, five, six, four, and he's fast. Yeah, he's gonna go get it for you. He's yeah. gonna he and then you add Chris Gott, like he had weapons on that Bucks team. The thing that happened with Darnold, there ain't no weapons on that Jets. He had Robbie Anderson that one year. I believe Robbie went, he wasn't a Pro Bowler that year at the Jets. He almost was because yeah. he did good, and he was a Pro Bowler yeah. when she's the Panthers. So the hand that Jameis got dealt with for the Bucks is the hand that Darnold's getting dealt with with the Jets, except for he got – Minus a, weapons, I got you. He got an arsenal at running back now because James ain't never had a Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but, yeah. You know, so I just feel <laughs> like that – it's going to be interesting to see to how they shake it up, like Terrence yeah. was saying. Yeah, they, both, they both have better teams as a whole. Like, Yeah, it's way better constructed teams. Yeah. But James – Anyway, so. James should not be turning over the ball like yeah. he, with, with Sean Payton helping him. But I, enough, I, I think Sean Payton's really going to polish his game. Exactly. Sean Payton polishes his game. This is another reason you keep chasing Hill at tight end or a Swiss Army knife. Whatever, right? Yeah, whatever you want to do. Because Devin White is probably going to – or Levante David are going to blitz James. One of them is yeah. going to go after James in the package, whatever defensive package scheme they set up, right? But if Taysom Hill, a Swiss Army knife, they can't. They're not going to be able to send both linebackers or send one and one like Levante Dave can go and then Dem White can free relance around the field like he always does. Yep. Dem White fast as hell. He was a 4-3 at linebacker. I don't know who decided to put him as his linebacker because that's insane. But if you got to make him guard Taysom Hill, that is a good problem to have. Because yeah. if I can be like, oh, well, I'm going to put Taysom Hill out there and Dem White is going to go follow him. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, Mike Thomas, come across the middle. Dem White's yeah, not going to hit you. Got, yeah, that's like your decoy, yeah. Levante Davis is probably going to pick up Alvin Kamara. That's a great plan to have. That is – it just – 
they're I don't know. They just got to figure out like, do they generally want to switch the offense completely for Taysom yeah. Hill at Taysom Hill's like thirty two. Jameis so is twenty seven. I just feel like Jameis is a, a more polished quarterback. Like, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, overall, he has like I say, he has the experience. I mean, he, we see he can get the job done. It's just okay now that you have an actual defense that you don't have to go out here and pass for four hundred yards a game. You know, you can hand the ball off to Alvin Kamara, and he can get six touchdowns in the game. So, you know, I mean, he has a whole different dynamic just from a whole team as a whole. So I feel like we get to see his true quarterbackness this year. You get to see yeah. that number that number one pick that was supposed to boom crazy. You get to see. Yeah. This is play. his. This is his. As much as I agree with you that you know both. Darnold and Jameis, this is your final look. Like we believe the difference to me is that we we believe in Jameis. Like we believe Yeah, you've seen flashes of Jameis. Like you could be like we can get behind that that guy. Yeah. But we just, you know, whatever it was, whether it was the eyes, the constant coach roulette that you had in uh Tampa, whatever it was, you know. Um, so hopefully, you know, Sean Payton does bring that down. But we uh we brought up uh, another thing actually, partially in that. So obviously the Panthers are gonna bring back potential MVP candidate, right? Christian McCaffrey um, from two years ago. And then we got Alvin Kamara, two players that play very, very similar. You know, you can do whatever you ask them to do. They can Mm -hmm. go get you. They can get you yards between the tackles. They can get you yards out in space. They can catch the ball, run routes, slot, whatever you need from them. Who do we think is going to have a bigger year? So Alvin Kamara, no more Drew Brees. He's going to get his number called a little bit more. We already spoke about it with Darnold. We're going to try to protect him from turning the ball over. Christian McCaffrey is going to get put right back in and asked to do the same. Who do we think is going to have a bigger year? We'll start with you, Terrence. So, honestly, I'm, this was tough. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. They like damn near the same player, bro. Like, yeah, this was like a to each his own type of thing. It was like a, yeah. you're not wrong either way type yeah. of decision. But for me, uh, for now, I'm, giving, I'm going to give the nod to CMC. Okay. The reason I'm going seems so he missed the majority of last season due to injury, but he is a high usage player. So yep. even when he was playing with Cam, we see whether it's a quick screen, you know, he motions out, catches quick screen, lines up a receiver, gets the ball, he, he does it all, runs between tackles, outside runs. Um, he does everything, but I feel like the difference between them this year is, like we said, we don't know, it's questions with the Saints, who's going to be the quarterback. But then also I feel like Mike Davis left and there's no reason for CMC to be having those, you know, lingering injuries this year. And I feel like he's going to have a pretty good season. Um, And I feel like, you know, still over there in New Orleans, we're still Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. So I feel like, you know, both of them played pretty well together. Um, And I feel like CMC honestly is just going to come back on a vengeance this year. I feel like, what he was doing in previous years before last year, very high usage. And I mean, he, he gets a lot of touches. The, offense, yeah. the, the focus point is on CMC to get the ball. And I feel like last year, Mike Davis, you know, since CMC was hurt, he had a pretty good season because of that. And now he's with your Falcons. Yep. So I feel like this year, CMC is going to come back. And he's quad father. The real quad father. Yeah, we got him. <laughs> all right. That's all right. So what do you think, Marquise? 
Who do you think is going to have a bigger year this year? Crazy. I'm going for the motherfucker that scored six touchdowns on Christmas. <laughs> the motherfucker that was the Grinch on Christmas. You hear me? Wow. Like, I'm going, I'm going to bed and put up six touchdowns. The man that literally jogs in the middle of the game, walks, and then starts running full speed because can't nobody touch him. It's like, I feel like, like you said, Terrence, you, you can't go wrong with pick either one. No. I just feel like Kamara is a little bit more elusive. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, he just be in a tight spot and just get up out of there. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Like, he, he breaks tackles. He gets yards out there. Yeah. Like, I feel like Christian, uh, he'll he'll run at someone more. Yeah. And Kamara can, but he's just like, oh, like, I'm just going to make you miss before I even have to run at you. So, let me just get through this little hole. Yeah, Kamara, yeah. like, his balance. Like, I know he does uh, a lot of training to, you know, work on his balance and everything. Like, if you see him, like, the first man is never tackling this man. Never. And you see, you seen him stop on a dime though, like in the middle of that game. The, again, I think it was the package. He literally stopped. Yeah. He just, and everybody just kind of was like trying to get him. He, it looked like he was playing tag out there with everybody. It's you know? easy. The game looks easy to him, honestly. Yeah, but I just feel like if you remove Jared Cook, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. You don't know what you're gonna get at quarterback with Jason or Tatum. I feel like or Taysen and uh, Jameis, I feel like you're going to have to. His usage is going to go up even more than it already was. Like yeah. him and Latavius Murray are both going to touch the ball more because there's no tight end, and Randy Sanders is gone on the other side. Mike Thomas is – I think Mike Thomas is going to snap too, though, coming off yeah. the injury. So, so I uh, I mean, yeah, I think we're all in agreement here. It really doesn't matter which way you go. The only reason why I'm sliding with uh, Christian McCaffrey is because – and Marquise, you kind of touched on it earlier with – we know that Sam Darnold loves screenplays, so and we know 100%. how well, and we we know how much Christian McCaffrey's damn near. I think he'll be probably the first running back that we'll see to transition once he, he gets a little bit older from running back to slot receiver. I think that he, just from a numbers perspective, might have a bigger year because I think he'll get a little bit more in the reception department to you know supplement his running game as well. And uh, like Terrence said, you know I they're not going to have much of a running game outside of him. So pretty much everything is going to be on his back, but you know, like we already said, I mean, both of them are going to have monster years. Uh, they're both going to be asked to do more again. My only question with Christian McCaffrey is his health. He's had a couple injuries, uh, obviously last year being the most detrimental. Um, I hope the same thing doesn't happen to Alvin. Uh, but you know, if we get Taysom, what I would like to see though, is even though James should be the starting quarterback, if we could get some gadget plays between Taysom and Alvin Kamara, I would love to see something like that with the Saints. Sure. They're going to run, sure. run Wildcat. They're going to run all type of gadget plays where they're going to have both of them in the backfield or, you know, running some kind of gadget plays for I, sure. I think something that's weird that I – another reason why I didn't take Chris McCaffrey is he is going to be the lone wolf at running back now, but yeah. his offense is better than he's had it. Like, this year he did get – he touched the ball a lot, but he's going to have Robbie Anderson. He's yeah. going to have DJ Moore. Yep. Like he's gonna have weapons as to why Darnold doesn't he he's gonna throw at Christian McCaffrey. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I feel like Chris McCaffrey is gonna take less of a passing catch, pass catcher role because there's good, there's pass catchers out there. Yep. I feel like so they're could, gonna, it, could it open up the field for him more if we got more defensive backs headed deep? I feel like for, it's gonna be there. He just got injured, right? Like how you guys yeah. said. I feel like they're gonna try to dial back. Dial on back. Because okay. like, hey, all right, we can't have you be a ninety catch running back. And then go. <laughs> but two years ago, we had over 100. I think it was 116 catches. But think yeah. about it, though. Like, that was the game plan going to the game previous to him getting injured. And he was still getting 
100 plus catches a season. But he got but he got injured. That's the thing, you know. Last year. Yeah, yeah. Previously before that, it was like, okay, we got Curtis Samuel, we got DJ Moore, we got all these guys. But Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore is like, Curtis Samuel is really a speedster receiver. You know, and yeah. DJ DJ Moore a possession receiver, but he's a smaller dude. So it's like, okay, now we got six four, six three Robbie Anderson out there with DJ Moore. DJ Moore can it, uh, work in between the numbers even more now. And it's not like him and Curtis Samuels are running the same routes on top of each other, or you know, they run the same route tree. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I just I mean, feel like he's a matchup nightmare, just like Alvin Kamara as well. So I feel like you know him coming out of the backfield, whether screen, quick arrow, flat, whatever, he's gonna get the ball a lot. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think that new coach is, is going to spoon feed him and then let him get injured again. I feel like that's going to be the drawback. I feel like that coach, yeah, he's going to put more pressure on Darnold than he will put the load back on Christian McCaffrey for him to get injured. Because let's be real, if, if he get injured, that's that that's their team. I don't care. Darnold can go out there and throw 40 touchdowns and only seven picks. Their team is Christian McCaffrey. It is. <laughs> That's that's the God honest truth. Like that he makes team, the offense go. Exactly. So, makes the offense go sure. You can't yeah. let that man get injured again. Like you got to protect him. And if that means, hey, Darnold, you gotta we gotta develop you more as a passer, and we have the means but to do what, so. But that's why I feel like he's gonna have a bigger year than Alvin Kamara, just for the fact that I feel like you can plug in different running backs to that same system, just like yeah. Latavius Merritt comes in after Kamara. He's gonna get his catches. He's gonna get his rushes, but it's it's like a, it's a different dynamic. I feel like in Carolina, like we know, like you said, CMC makes that offense go. Without him, it's like it's a yeah. Whole. Mike Davis ain't there anymore, so yeah. I give. Yeah. I feel. I feel. I feel. I just don't think. I feel like if I was a coach or an owner, like I wouldn't run that back. Like I feel They're like if I have big seasons. Yeah, I, I feel like if I was a, a fantasy owner, I would hope they do the same thing they did last year. <laughs> <laughs> but if I if I'm the coach or the holder, I'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa we got Dallas back. We ain't letting this man get injured, right? Yeah. So that that actually kind of leads me into my next question for y'all. So obviously there's a lot of new stuff and actually a decent about amount of hope with the Panthers. I actually think they're one year out from being a real threat. Um, and I think it all comes down to one man, and his name is Sam Darnold. So, you know, we've seen that he's struggled in the past, and I'll, I beat up on him a lot. I think we've all kind of beat up on him a lot. But if we're a little fair for him for a little second here, he has not had any kind of help from coaching, from the franchise, from weapons. No matter where you look, this man has had zero help. And then having to play Bill Belichick and the Patriots every year has not helped. And then the emergence of the Bills. So How much help can you give a guy that's seeing ghosts? I mean, hey, I'm just saying, right? <laughs> but going forward with this offense that we're talking about, that should be – souped up this is probably the best overall from top to bottom panthers offense that we've seen since maybe that year with cam uh what do we think sam donald's gonna do this year marquise i'll give you the floor first uh um i don't know to be honest he (laughs) he's a turnover machine in college you know college is whatever college people can boom in college or bust you see the same thing with james You, you did amazing in college and then somehow in the nfl you just have a flashes of being amazing I think Darnold, if the Panthers don't bail on him and make this the year that he has to be great, yeah, I think he'll, in the future, like you said, two, three years, he will be a consistent quarterback for him. Will he be like, you know, the, those young quarterbacks in the AFC and be a dynamic player for – no. Will he be like a Kirk Cousins, maybe a Chase Keenum? Probably. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I think, I think that's what it will come down to. What will Matt Rule do with him? Will he put too much on his plate? 
trying to maybe protect uh, Christian McCaffrey or will he, uh, you know, just ask him to not turn the ball over and train him to, you know, just get first downs and move the chains and let the defense win games for you. I feel like you can put more on his plate. You just can't be mad if he turns the ball over. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You put more on his plate to protect Christian McCaffrey, but don't make this the year. Like, don't – if you're a Panthers fan out there, I don't know if there's any – like, I know you live in North Carolina because I know you ain't no Panthers fan. I know plenty of Panthers fans. All right. Don't, <laughs> don't be like, this is our year. We're going to get yeah. to the Super Bowl. We you still got the Bucks. The Saints roster is still better. Yeah. Bro, like, yeah. Like, let Darnold learn. Let him – you know, let him get two years. If that man – you know, say this year's rough. Next year, he he blossoms. That's that's what you want. Yeah, your I mean, defense ain't is, gonna let you win a chip this year. No, not for definitely not. And I mean, the thing is, like, he, he has a lot going for him. I mean, I still have him last in the division, but I mean, I'm still not sold on him. But things he does have going in his favor. He does have CNC. We all know one of the best running backs in the league. Then he also has that connection with Robbie Anderson already. So coming over to Carolina, that's you know, a smooth transition. You know, DJ Moore. Um, I feel like, you know, they're really high on him based off of everything that I'm able to, you know, read upon him and, you know, the way that people talk about him is, you know, the, the coaching staff and the owners and everybody in the Panthers organization is really high on Sam Darnold and they really have, you know, high hopes for him. So, like you said, hopefully if they don't give up on him this year, it doesn't have to be like a whole uh, NFC championship or bus type season. I feel like you know, give him another year to, like you said, I feel like maybe he can develop into a a better quarterback. But yeah. I, he, he's – I'm just not sold on him. Like, you just, could put that pressure on Jameis. Like, this is going to be your bust year. Like, yeah. the Saints yeah. can be like, Jameis, this is your pressure year. Like, that's 100% okay. Yep. The only thing that I can knock Carolina for right now maybe is just the O-line and their lack of depth. Like it's getting better, but it's yeah, their O line isn't the best, so we have to see how they start playing, and then their lack of depth, like just as a whole, like from every position. Their like, defense isn't it isn't dog shit or something, but like <laughs> it ain't it ain't great. Yeah. Like they got they got Brian Burns, he's really good. They just got the corner, they got Horn, right? From yeah, they got JC Horn. Dante Jackson is a dog too, though. Yeah, like they got they have people, but it's just putting it together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I think that the biggest thing is, is like we said, you know, Jameis, it's fair because he's had a legitimate shot with legitimate weapons. And we've seen that he can be great. But with Darnold, it really will probably come down to not making this his make or break here. Because we saw he doesn't or he wasn't able. Maybe he can handle pressure well, but he wasn't able to handle the pressure in New York. Maybe it was the big lights. That New York provides maybe nah, it, was, it was them ghosts, boy. That them ghosts, right? <laughs> but hopefully, if they just look at him and say, Look, bro, we're, we're gonna give you like two years, three years to show us something, let us build a team around you, and just show, prove to us that you can protect the football. I think that he could really, really break out. Um, and uh, speaking of breaking out, so we got a couple new faces in the, in the division. Uh, who do y'all believe will be the will have a huge breakout year? Uh, in the NFL, it can be a, or in the NFC South, it can be a rookie or it can be someone new to the division. It can be someone who's been around and just hasn't proved themselves yet. Uh, Terrence, who do you think is going to have a breakout year in this division? So I, I think I think I got somebody who neither one of y'all should have, honestly. So. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm going with a former front pick from Tampa. I'm going with Vita Bay. Hey. So, hey, you know, you said that somebody none of us should have. That's who I have on this piece of paper. <laughs> 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 <I> swear. <laughs> 
I swear. <laughs> so, like Keith should know as well. I mean, he missed almost the whole last season with the leg injury, and he was, their defense was turning all the starters. And then with his size and strength, he just has some poise for a great season. But I mean, just to give you somebody different from who Keith is going to give, he might be able to give a little more information. I feel like DJ Moore is going to have a breakout season this year. Um, losing, um, you know, Curtis Samuel down here in, in Carolina, I feel like. He's going to get a lot more touches, whether it's on the, the reverses, quick sweep plays, uh, screen plays, um, and, you know, having Robbie Anderson to take the top off at any time, I feel like, you know, to take a little bit of pressure off him as well, I feel like. I feel like he's going to have a pretty good season. Um, get a little bit of different type of quarterback. I feel like Teddy Bridgewater, um, I feel like he's just more of a game manager at this point in his career. He's not, you know. Good thing he on the Broncos, ain't the AFC or the NFC South. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I feel like now they have Donald, he's actually willing to take more risky throws and stuff. Hopefully he doesn't, you know. <laughs> but hopefully for your sake, Nick, he does turn the ball over and they lose. <laughs> but I well, I, I do like that DJ Moore pick because yeah, they, they're gonna ask somebody to help him out. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey will be an option one regardless of its backfield or yeah, receiving. Sure. But yeah, if he can help Donald, you know. Sometimes quarterbacks need help. You you might miss the throw a little bit. Go up and get it for him, right? Uh, so, Marquise, we'll let you expand a little bit on Vita Bay. So, I got Vita Bay, right? He was ranked pro football. I had him as top 10 defensive tackle. For me, like, just seeing football since a kid, playing football, and then watching my cousin play football, a de- defensive tackle really can disrupt a lot. Like, I'm not even saying a defensive end. Like, a de- your defensive tackle can throw everything off for a center. Like, yep. he just rushes him as soon as he snaps it, like, he can make them pull, right? He's big and strong, too. Like, yeah. being paired up with a Dominican suit, Jack Perry. Yeah, boy. like, there's way too many people. And he's he's probably the best at getting to the passer, I would say. But it's just they all feed off of each other. Like, they all yeah. – it's you're getting overwhelmed. Like, you got JPP on one side, a veteran yeah. who's, who's consistent. You have Shaq yeah. Barrett, another veteran. Like, all these guys have – both of those two have won Super Bowls. Like, he, uh, JPP won with the Giants. Shaq won with the Broncos. You know, Bond was the main per- piece in that, but he still yep. was on that team and played and learned from Bond Miller and still grew. Yep. So you got them. I just feel like Vita Bay, you know, he, he played in the start of the season, and then, you know, he got injured. And then he he came back for him. Like, he, yep. he played in the, in the Super Bowl. He did play. I want to say that well, was the game. I, I think you touched as well. Uh, you know, I'm a big person. I, I love statistics, but I think a lot of times statistics can either give you false hope or not paint the correct picture. Defensive tackles often don't get a lot of statistics because most of what their job is, is disruption, right? So someone who can yeah. just get up in there, they might not get the tackle, but they plugged all the holes that the running back's first option might have been or, you know, disrupted the vision of the quarterback, you know, whatever it may be, uh, thrown off the slide protection for the offensive line. So, yeah, I like that pick. You know, Vita Bay is definitely one of those guys that's a huge disruptor. He's, he's, a, some help. he's a key piece in that defense because their secondary is – I don't care what anybody says. They, 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 want, they want a championship, but that secondary is going to get picked apart if with, without having Vita Bay disrupt the running game because defensive tackles don't just impact the passing game. Like you said, they fill the holes for the running back. Yeah. They disrupt a lot. If he's not there again this year – like you're you're relying on Devin White we, to do even more than what he does. Saw, we would definitely saw a lot more of exposure in that Tampa Bay defense if, if O-line was healthy. And they changed the whole dynamic after he got injured. You, you guys remember yeah. when Kansas City 
toasted them the first meeting. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they went from having the highest blitz percentage to they were like, okay, we got to draw back. Draw blitz. back, yeah. Yeah, like, we can't blitz. So, um, so my uh, breakout player is you could argue his breakout year was last year, but I think he's gonna take it from just proving that he can be a number one option to a potential Pro Bowl uh, pick is uh, Calvin Ridley. So we got an offense with you know the Falcons just got Arthur Smith. The uh, is an hour head coach. He was the offensive coordinator for the Saints or for, for the Titans, excuse me. And uh, he runs a lot of play action, deep threat type plays and uh, stuff to get receivers that also like to or, or excel at running routes into positions with one on one coverage. Uh, that being said, you know, he's going to be called upon a lot. Matt Ryan, as much as I do not believe in him for the franchise, I think we've wasted years is going to look for his number one option. And Calvin's going to get a lot of big uh, touches in a, in a division where we just said, yes, the Bucks have a ridiculous pass rush, but they don't really have someone who can match up one-on-one coverage-wise uh, with Calvin Ridley. The um, Carolina Panthers' defense is a little bit more suspect. The team I'm most worried about in terms of defenses in that division is the Saints. They probably, um, they probably would have been all right if they would have hit on Vernon Hargraves. I honestly thought he was going to be better. Yeah, still pretty efficient. He's pretty good. I don't think no, he's I, like like you know you should have relied on him to be your number one corner like they did. Yeah, but I think that you know like if I was the Bucks, he's on the Texans right now. I would have yeah. brought him back if he was a free I mean, agent. They could have developed him better. I feel like he was locked down in college, so I yeah. feel like if they would have developed him better, I feel like they would have honestly still had him at this point, and he would have been like a consistent. Corner. But the dude, the dudes they have like they're no bums, but they aren't like. They're not like locking down Tyreek Hill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It took it took the safety coming over. It took you doubling that man. Like, let's I mean, be honest. Ain't nobody really stopping that man at all to begin that with. So, <laughs> yeah. and then Devontae Adams, like, you got a hobbled Mike Thomas. They had to play with a <laughs> Drew Brees that shouldn't even have been out there. Yeah, y'all, they, they ain't stopping them dudes. Like, they got a, you know, football is you got to get lucky at some point. Yeah, and they did in turn, get lucky. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think uh, – I'm not saying Calvin Ridley can be Julio Jones. Maybe he could be one day. But he could definitely be a Roddy White who was had a crazy career with the Falcons. And I, I think, uh, you know, who multiple-time pro bowler, uh, one was at one point a top-ten receiver. I think, you know, Calvin could uh, I think enter that hemisphere this season. Calvin showed you the flash last year, though. So, yeah. I don't know how – like, for me, I don't know how much further he can take it. Well, what I'm saying is, is he went from, because the first couple of games, you know, Julio was still one with him, one. And then he was yeah. by himself. And then he got to yeah. show that he's a starter. What I'm saying is not prove that he's a starter, take it from starter to Pro Bowler this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he could have been in Pro Bowler last year, if you ask me. He, he had a lot more, he had more yards than a lot of the guys that we have in our top five. So, I mean, I oh, he'd have to there. I, I feel like I, he's going to have a good season. I mean, yeah. today it's like, yeah, you're, you're losing Julio, but honestly, we're looking at some the future. Prospect who can be potentially the best. And then also, it, this year, you know, teams are going to be game planning for him. So it's also oh, yeah. just proof to show like it. it wasn't just a fluke season last year. Yeah. But he's also going to get it. It's going to work because him and Kyle Pitts, the same way he fed off of Julio, him and Kyle Pitts are going to do the same thing. The only problem exactly. I feel bad for, as like, you know, you're Atlanta fan, Nick, yeah. is that there's you guys didn't go secure that backup for after Matt Ryan. So you know, well, this and my thing about it is so now people are gonna think I'm even more crazy. I think we missed our window to move on from Matt Ryan. I think that all of his trade, I won't say all of his trade value, 
has gone. But at this point, you know, I think he's 37 or 38. I think he just turned 38 years old. We've seen quarterbacks mm-hmm. can play a little bit longer nowadays. Um, I think he's got like two or three more years that he can still be this. He's never had a big arm. I don't think his arm can get any weaker than it already is. So uh, I think for what it's worth, we can squeeze a couple more years. And hopefully if with this Julio situation, the only reason I want picks is maybe there will be a quarterback of the future coming out, or maybe we can get a quarterback with the Julio deal that might be that next in line. I'm not too concerned with the quarterback situation because as again, as much as I've hated on Matt Ryan, the second that he's gone, we're going to go through a dark period because it's going to be real dark. It's going to be dark because I mean, even though the weapons will be there. The weapons will be there, but there won't be a quarterback market for us. Uh, he does ball. It's just y'all blow the lead. I mean, but he does put up good numbers though. There, yeah. The again, going back to the statistics things. If you just look at statistics, he's been top five the last like. Eight he looks years. great statistically. But, I mean, when you come into the league with Roddy White, Julio Jones, Tony Gonzalez, Devontae Freeman, like all these pro bowlers on offense. That's crazy. I, y'all ain't get a ring with that. I forgot hey, I, y'all had Tony Gonzalez. I mean, that was, you know, I, I was mixing up years and stuff. But, yeah, like these are the weapons he's had throughout that. And, like, yeah, we couldn't – he was only – we were only the top offense once with thinking about all the stuff we had. So, I don't know. It's crazy. Um you know, I think we've covered everything for the uh, division this year uh, going forward. So I got a little bit of overtime. You know, Marquis had uh, introduced a little overtime question for us. You know, I think some of the people that have been watching enjoyed it. Uh, so this week, I got some questions for the guys. Uh, we're going to keep it in the NFC South, just see how much they know about the history of the division. Oh, oh yeah. So um, so I got some good ones for us. So we'll, we'll really test the uh, – really going to test the knowledge here. So starting first – uh, I had the most sacks in NFC South history with 115. And just to be clear, these are just the career statistics while they played with their NFC South teams. Okay. Okay. So I had the most sacks in NFC South history with 115 sacks. Uh, your options are Ricky Jackson with New Orleans Saints, John Abraham with the Atlanta Falcons, Julius Peppers with the Carolina Panthers, and Warren Sapp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, bro, so you said it, it was only with the team that they that they uh oh, played with AFC South. I want to go Warren Sat, but something tells me it's Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers, that's yeah. What I'm so y'all both are saying I'm Julius, going Peppers. Julius Peppers. Yeah. Okay, so y'all both said Julius Peppers. Well, I'll just yeah, say this: sorry. y'all are y'all are both wrong. And Marquise, your second option was still wrong. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. I was gonna so. go them two. I had one of the two. <laughs> what? So. Believe it or not, and they weren't even uh, so close. Well, Julius Pepper was second. Julius Pepper was second, but it is a boy. A dog. This is a throw. This is a throwback. It's Ricky Jackson. He had 115. He played the longest with his team. He had 115 sacks. Uh, I'm glad neither of y'all said John Abraham. I mean, I was disappointed. That was our highest leader in sacks with the Falcons. I mean, but yeah, Warren Sapp. I mean, you got you got to remember he played with like Simeon Rice, and uh, he was on the interior, so his job wasn't really getting to the quarterbacks. But being one of those, one of the greatest when it comes to it. Yeah, I, I threw that one in there on purpose. So, yeah, it's Ricky Jackson, 115 sacks. Um, so, moving on to the next one, we got who had the most rushing touchdowns in NFC South history, the number of 60. So, 60 touchdowns rushing. Your options are Mike Allstott with the Buccaneers, Cam Newton with the Bro, hold on. You cut out. We didn't hear you. 
Oh, no, yeah, you muted me, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was trying to mute myself because because of the dog, but then okay. I like clicked you. I'm like, oh, I'm oh, gonna bad. Right. Run it's all good. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll run that one back. So this one is for the rushing touchdowns leader in NFC South history. The number is 60 okay. touchdowns for the career. So we had, uh, are we going with Mike Allstott with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cam Newton with the Carolina Panthers, Michael Turner with the Atlanta Falcons, or Deuce McAllister with the New Orleans Saints? Uh, Terrence, I'll let you go first. Marquise answered this last time. I'm going to go Cam. Cam Newton? Okay. Who you got, Marquise? I'm going Mike Scott, bro. I'm not big in this division, but if y'all would have seen, especially because we all from Florida, y'all know how these people is rocking with Mike Scott. I hope he got six touchdowns. Hey, so y'all's answer is hilarious. You're both wrong, but uh, if you say it's Deuce McAllister, I'll lose my mind. No, he's actually last. It's Michael Turner with the Atlanta Falcons had 60 in his career. So, um, but what's funny about y'all's answer is Mike Allstott and Cam Newton both have 58 career touchdowns in the NFC South. Cam, I knew he had had a lot. And Deuce Michael Turner? Yeah, really? Do y'all? I mean, no, I remember who Michael Turner is. I thought he was a dog. I just didn't think he had 60 touchdowns. Yeah, well, you gotta remember he was there during the dark period, like between Mike, Mike Vick and Matt Ryan, when all we had was that, you know, it was like all we did was just pound it downfield with him. He had just left that monster backfield in San Diego with Ladanian Thomas and Darren Sproles and him. Yeah, so that was one of the best. But I'll give you a fun fact, Marquise, when I was looking this up. The New Orleans Saints leading all-time touchdown leader is your boy, Big Trust, uh, Mark Ingram. So, uh, That's my boy. You yeah. know what's crazy? People call Buddy a bust, right? Because he didn't yeah. pan like how he did. Bro, he's there. Yeah, he was in a Alabama. Bro, he's yeah. not no bust. It's just people put people put these expectations on college players that they're supposed to be. Just because you weren't as good insane. in college. Yeah. He still had a good career. Bro, you know, he's this man is productive. Like, I'm yeah. mad he, like, Playoff teams let him go to the Texans. Like he yeah. went with our receiver coach bro, that went there. Like they got four running backs. Yeah, bro, and he's good. Like he's what serviceable. The, yeah. I, what are the Texans doing? First of all, what are they doing, <laughs> bro? And in, in in the world of I don't know what Tyrod Taylor's there. <laughs> Malcolm Butler, yeah, I think, Lindsay, is there. Philip Lindsay, yeah. David Johnson, Rex Burkhead now. Hey, they're putting out roster spots on Craigslist. That's what they're doing. Bro, they're hoping that they just salvage together whatever, and it's going to work. Yeah. All right, so hopefully one of you – I got two more questions for us, you know, just in case neither of y'all get this one right. All right, so we got most most receiving touchdowns in NFC South history. Um, So I had the most receiving touchdowns in NFC South history uh, with 72 career touchdowns. Uh, So your options are Roddy White, Steve Smith, Mike Evans and Marquise Colson. So we know who Marquise is picking. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. Bro, Steve Smith played a rushing, like, it was a rushing team. That's so crazy. You know, Steve Smith has a lot of stats where, like, he's smashing people, like. Yeah, well, no, one of the best blocking receivers there. Bro, and he field. played on a team that ran five, the nine. ball. And he's small. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's stat, though. Yeah, he's yeah. stat. Oh, he's jacked, no joke. But, I mean, still. I um, anyway. Go. Can't I'll go with the Mikey. options again. I think I think Marquise got a little too excited. So, I'm going so again, your options are Roddy White, Steve Smith, Mike Evans, and Marquise Colston. I'm not going Mike Evans. So, okay, so took kiss Mike that Evans one off. away. Okay. He's going Marquise Colston. I'm gonna go Roddy White because you're a Falcons fan. So I'm gonna go Roddy White. Uh well, uh Marquise, so Roddy White has the most in Falcons history. But you should have stuck with your gut, bro, because it's Marquise Colson has seven. Oh, I knew it, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, bro. yeah. 
Marquise Colson was so cold. Bro, bro, he's so cold for like eight years and then just fell off. I don't know what – I think it's because he wasn't that fast, so he just couldn't keep up with it. But, yeah, he was one of the coldest receivers for a minute. Definitely going to go down as one of the most underrated of I'm all time. I'm so bad that I didn't stick with that. <laughs> bro, you, said it, you said it before I even gave you options, bro. I was like, come on now. Bro, because um, I was just betting. I'm like, all right, he's a Falcons fan. Maybe he threw some random Falcons stat out there again. Oh, no, the random Falcons stat was your Michael long. Turner, bro. <laughs> That's the one you should have guessed. Oh, um, I was thinking that. All right, we'll, we'll just do the bonus one anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, Terrence, okay. you can have the dub because this one's just for fun. Uh, oh, hell no. All right, all right, all right. Cool, <laughs> I don't got a fifth one, so I might tie. All right, so the most we'll go most receiving yards out of these four. So obviously the goat, the god, has the record in the division. Uh, Julio Jones with over twelve thousand. But out of these four, who has the most career receiving yards in the NFC uh, South? Um, we got Marquise Colston, uh, Mike Evans, Musa Muhammad, or Roddy White. You know what's scary? I'm low key going Mike Evans because he won a thousand the first seven seasons. Yep. And Marquise Colson only had that time period where he snapped. Okay. And in in Mike Evans' right, he snapped just as long. I'm not saying he's he's Marquise Colson, but he snapped yep. in that same period. So and Mike Evans still continuing to play. So I gotta go, Mike. You go, Mike Evans. All right, Terrence, who you got? I'm gonna go. You said the most receiving yards in the NFC. Out of these four. Out of these four. The most of all time is Julio Jones, then it's Steve Smith. But out of these four, who would be the next six, by the way? Or next four out of the top six? I don't know why something is telling me to go Roddy here. I'm going Roddy. I don't know why. All right, Terrence, you went straight up because, yeah, it's Roddy White. He had, uh, he's the only one with over 10K out of these guys. Get out of here, bro. Yeah. So Roddy oh had my 10, God! Yes, 10K. So Roddy had 10K receiving yards. Then it was Marquise Colston with 9,700. Then Moose and Muhammad. Mike Evans actually last on that list, but he's only been in the league eight years. So um, all these guys had you know years on him. I mean, outside of Marquise Colston actually, but all of them had years on Mike Evans. You know, I, someone was telling me my gut was saying Roddy White. I just had to go Roddy White. Yeah. All right. We so, gotta tell um, the, the the audience about the the thing we got going on this month, boys. Oh, we tell them. We break uh, the news. You, you get you you put it up, so you got this. I think I might actually. Uh, I don't know how much I'll still keep up with cardio, but I still run a, a decent amount. I don't think you're beating us. I don't think you're beating two athletes. You might. You might. You might. I play. Hey, I still. I played sports. All right. So the guy, the boy, the guys. If this dog leaves me alone, <laughs> the room go lit out. The the guys this month, we're gonna do something pretty cool. So we're gonna try to run a uh. We're gonna run this month at least once once a week. This month it's PTSD awareness. It's also LGBT. Yeah, pride. It's pride. Month. Pride. Yeah. So we're we're gonna just gonna run, you know, just to get active. You know, not, uh, the pandemic might got some of us a little chunky. So it's big for me because I used to run all the time in the army. My cousin used to run. Nick used to play sports. He still runs now. So every week we're gonna go. This week the guy's gonna run one mile. So from this Tuesday until next Tuesday, they have to run a mile. We're going to log the time. We're going to post the times on the Twitter page. And then, we, you know, we'll probably screenshot it, put it on the Facebook, maybe even the YouTube page. And then the second week, we're going to go up to two miles. Third week, fourth. Bro, I'm pretty sure it's five weeks in June. I don't know, but I think <laughs> there are. So we might be running five miles by the end of this. So the guys are going to tie themselves 
we're gonna send it to each other. We're gonna yeah, upload it on the Twitter page. Oh Lord. So <laughs> we're gonna keep track of this uh and uh see who wins out. It's just something a little fun competition for us to do. And y'all follow Twitter and, and make sure y'all um encourage us and keep pushing us and making us be, be accountable. <laughs> yeah, actually we're gonna make a poll out of who you guys think is gonna win. So we're going to make a poll of all of us, you know, hopefully you guys vote on it. I'll probably leak it on the Facebook page too and just see who you guys think will win. I'm putting my money on myself. I got myself in this. Maybe Nick, Nick is going to be the surprise. I think I got no, Nick on the no, surprise. I, I, actually think I, I'm I feel probably... like Nick is going to be the sleeper duty in it. So I feel like Nick might be the surprise run away with it. And then we just had Memorial Day couple days ago hope everybody stayed safe remembered what it was for you know and you enjoyed it got to uh spend time with your family yeah yeah no i appreciate it's not me not me i just want people to know memorial day is not about veterans i appreciate it nick though because people don't really say that but it's about you know the ones that didn't make it and the guys that either like sacrificed themselves overseas or you know committed you know a lot of people military commit suicide people aren't aware that that happens and then just you know appreciate that you know, people have made those sacrifices. Actually, uh, I lost like my brother. He's like my friend. Died on his motorcycle. So you know, so I always like preach like look out for motorcycles. Like, you know, same way if you see like somebody drunk driving in front of you and you either sag way off and let them just do whatever, or you just pass them. I hope you guys have the same courtesy for motorcycles because it's real easy, bro. It's the same Definitely. thing for me. Some good for especially, you know, we, like you said, we a lot of times we think it's just a long weekend, right? And we got to remember what it's really about. Hey, folks. Hey, I don't know if y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all feel it's about this long weekend thing. I heard that every weekend it was a long weekend in the Army. I'm like, you know, ain't no Army person offended. I heard <laughs> I heard commanders with four deployments tell me, hey, enjoy the long weekend. Weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, I ain't worried about it. All right. Uh, so to wrap this up, we got Terrence. He's going to do the word of the day for us. Uh, Terrence, what you got for us today, man? Yeah, so I actually got two quotes for y'all today. Um, so one of the quotes is, only surround yourself with people who will lift you higher. So we want to make sure that, you know, the people that we are surrounding ourselves with are giving us the same type of energy that we are giving off. Um, you know, want to make sure that, you know, that same type of positive energy that we're putting out into the world, we want to be able to, to receive that from Marquise, Nick, you know, people that we you know, hold near and dear, make sure that um, that same type of energy that we're putting out, they're also putting back into us as well. Y'all got anything to say about that? Cool. Yeah, I, I think mean, it's just keeping... Oh, my bad, Nick. Go ahead, go ahead. I, ain't gonna I mean, we're probably going to say the same thing. I mean, definitely, you want to surround your people, surround yourself with the type of people that are going to... Not necessarily, you know, no one needs their handheld, but someone that's also, you know, got their own path, their own vision that'll... You know, y'all are trying to help each other improve by making yourself better first, so... Definitely want to uh, surround yourself with those types of people. Yeah, just like Nick said, pushing off of that, just people motivate you, you know. Sometimes you outgrow you outgrow people, you know, so you got to gain new people in your circle. Y'all, if y'all, you, you end up linking up with people that got the same agendas as you, you know. You got, like you said, you motivate each other. Your family's a big one. Friends, just like I have a friend that listens to this podcast, Adam Ibrahim. He, bro, he's going to Tennessee uh university of tennessee is about to be a volunteer to get his phd can need honestly bro I just, we push each other all the time and i'm geeked to see him go do that so yeah i think it's just having the right people around you and just motivate and don't let like somebody if you know they're your friend or, or you know and you're really close and they're in your inner circle 
don't let them like fall off the wagon, you know, push them. Like, you know, if you know their goals and ambitions, which you should, like, if you know that that's your inner circle, push them. If you see them like falling off, you know, we, we got these miles coming up. If Terrence see me not running or I don't tell these boys the miles. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Friday, bro. Where are your miles at? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, you know, Tuesday's the deadline. If it is Sunday yeah. and I got to go out there, <laughs> hey, I know you got the family day going on, Terrence, but hey, you got a mile to go around, you know, let, leave the kids alone. Yeah. <laughs> Put on starting to do to do and let them uh, watch that for at least you know, however long it's gonna take you to run that mile. But yeah, that's that's, um, that's how I feel about this. And then uh, the second quote that I also want to uh, say as well is to never let the things you want make you forget the things you have. So just making sure that we are appreciative, grateful, uh, you know, the things that we do have in our lives. And um, do you have anything to elaborate real quickly on that? Yeah, I feel like as a kid, you you uh you don't appreciate the things you want as much. And then I feel like as I got older, like I know all the stuff my mom did for me and I like appreciated it more. I should have appreciated it then. I did, but I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. You know, yeah, it's just sure. the, the little things, you know. Like parents are a big deal, especially like moms, dads, like your, your inner circle and stuff. Just appreciate the thing you got. Like I got lights, electricity, you know, a house I live in, I got a car. I'm lucky enough to have a job. I'm lucky enough, you know, to have the experience I have in my life. I feel like you just got to appreciate it, you know, and it's not, sure. it's not so much of, Oh, I want this. I want that, you know, take a step back occasionally and just, you know, push yourself for those wants, but look at the stuff that you needed that you already got. Like, you know, you got, you got your house, you and your house, Nick got his apartment, you know, Nick's in school, you got your job. Like that's like, take a moment to look and be like, damn, like, I really, I did that or I did what I was going to say I do. And I knocked those wants or those needs off that list. And I no, can yeah, appreciate sure. that first. Like, that's a big thing, too. Yeah, no, I agree. Sure. I agree 100%, man. I actually had a basketball coach growing up. So the exact same thing. He's like, people trade what they want most for what they want in that moment. And sometimes, you know, making those little sacrifices, it's easy to say, like, Oh, if I, you know, slack off today doing this, like I'll be cool. I, I always got tomorrow. We always, we always think that we got tomorrow, but tomorrow's never guaranteed. Hey, that so. shit ain't never promised, bro. That, exactly. Yes. So take care of those things that you need, and those wants will come from that. Yeah, yeah sure. definitely. You can, you can allude to that. I got something else to add too. If we, if we wrap up the word today. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, but uh, what you call? I like to give a big shout out to you know the YouTube subscribers. We got like 25, 26. Thank y'all hey. for subscribing and listening to us, tuning in. We really appreciate it. You know, this is something we, we're only on episode, this is seven, you know, we're still fresh to this, you know, there's many things we can improve on, you know, we'll take any suggestions, y'all throw them out there to us. Yeah, put them in the comments. A lot, of, yeah, comment on it, let us know. Like people done told us they love the overtime segment. So we gonna keep that rolling. You know, I got a couple of buddies that guess the questions while we doing them. So that's, they get a good laugh too, because they trying to figure out, I bet you that Marquise Colston question gonna throw them off. Oh, that's gonna throw yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they got that. And then just, I'd like to give a big shout out to the Ball Hawk podcast. You know, they be tuning into us, some good guys. And they just, you know, they interact with us all the time on Twitter. So if you got, you got some free time, you wanna check out another good podcast. It's pretty good. Ball Hawks podcast, that was a good one. All right. I think that wraps up this episode. Everybody, thank you for coming out, uh, viewing the video. Uh, we'll be posting every Tuesday. All your news, anything that you want for the uh, NFL upcoming season, please check us out. Cover four with the guys. I'm Nick. I'm Marquise and Terrence with me. Y'all have a good night. I got 20 bucks. Falcons aren't winning. Get to 11 wins. <laughs>